Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolias First. For more information, visit www.magnoliasfirst.org. Well, I hope you can smile in the middle of this pandemic, and we've been thinking each week about funny things in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm still thinking about those homeschool mothers who uh, never planned to homeschool, but suddenly found themselves doing that. And I, I read this post from one of them on Facebook. It said, quote, three weeks of homeschooling, my seven, nine, and 12-year-olds went surprisingly well. They have all graduated from high school and are now ready to move out and get jobs when the quarantine is over. Well, I understand that, and uh, God bless you homeschool moms and dads out there. We continue in our series, Lifeline, How to Grab God's Hand When You're Going Under. And today, we'll look at the scriptural story of Elijah, and the title of today's message is Listen. We are in the midst of a worldwide crisis unlike any none that we have ever seen before, a crisis that threatens health, it threatens the national and even world economy. Uh, some are even losing their jobs. It's causing stress on everyone in various ways. And so there is no question that in the midst of all that we're going through, God has several things that he wants to say to each one of us. But the question is, are we listening? Our big idea for today's message is, don't waste a crisis by not listening to God. If you have your Bibles, our story is from 1 Kings chapter 19. And let me give you just a little bit of background of this story. It's a familiar story of the prophet Elijah uh, as we will pick up the, the narrative in 1 Kings 19, verse 3, uh, Elijah has already experienced a great victory over the prophets of Baal. God literally rained fire down from heaven, and uh, Elijah showed the, the supremacy of our God over all false gods. It was a great moment of victory, but right after that, Jezebel, the wicked queen of the land, threatened his life. And Elijah, in a time of uh, emotional stress, just panicked. He panicked and he ran for his life. And though God had been so faithful and had so dramatically demonstrated his power and faithfulness, Elijah experienced really what amounted to an emotional meltdown. So follow with me the story, 1 Kings 19, beginning with verse 3. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Elijah hit rock bottom. 
He allowed his circumstances to overwhelm him, and his trust in God, though God had demonstrated his faithfulness to Elijah, Elijah's trust in God was extinguished, and his faith was exhausted. What was it that sent Elijah on this downward spiral toward an emotional crash? It was his fear, his fear of Jezebel's threat against his life. And Elijah at this point is no longer listening to God. He's saying, God, I'm done. Just kill me. It's over. And the lesson we need to learn from this point in Elijah's journey is that when we allow fear to dominate our minds, we're not ready to hear the voice of God to our hearts. God had something to say to Elijah, but Elijah was not yet ready to listen. Verse 5, then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. From this point in Elijah's story, there's a lesson for us. It's if we are not taking care of ourselves physically, we're impairing our ability to hear God and to think clearly. Sometimes in our idealized Christianity, we want to compartmentalize our faith. We want to think, well, yeah, my physical being and my emotional state, these are over here, but this is my faith up here. And we fail to be realistic enough to understand that those three interact with one another. They work in harmony with one another. They are interrelated in every one of our lives. And when our emotions are tense, it affects our faith. This pandemic has brought obvious stress issues to every one of us, some more than others to be sure. Some things we see clearly, and they're stressful. But I think there are also, for all of us, some hidden anxiety points that we don't know will be triggered until it happens. And so the question I want to ask every one of you, are you taking care of yourself in this? I believe there's an issue of self-care as well as an issue of spiritual care in every one of our lives that's important And Elijah was not ready to move closer to God, to be closer to being ready to hear God until he took care of himself. And God was so gracious to provide those things, food and rest, so that Elijah's spirit and his body and his mind 
could be renewed. Resume the story with me in verse 9. Then he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Elijah was not yet ready to listen to God. God had to work on his heart some more so that he could come to that place of being ready to listen. Uh, Have you ever tried to prepare a piece of meat that needed to be tenderized? Well, you'll take it and you'll you'll beat on that piece of meat. Have you ever seen one of those mallets that uh, they're made out of metal and they have those kind of little sharp edges and you just pound and pound and pound on that meat until it's tenderized? Well, you know what? I think sometimes God has to pound on us to tenderize our hearts to get us to the point where we're ready to listen to him. As we look again at the story, God begins to pound on Elijah with a threefold hammer. Look at it, verse 11. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Wow. After a storm, an earthquake, and a fire, God finally had Elijah's attention so that he could listen. Look at the end of verse 12. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. You know, Elijah's experience was not unique. Sometimes God has to take us through the whirlwind before we're ready to hear his whisper. If God's trying to say something to you in this pandemic... What more must he do to pound on you so that you will be ready to listen, so that you would be ready to hear his whisper? Verse 13, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, if I were writing this story, Elijah at this point would be humble and broken. He would say, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry that I doubted you. Oh, God, I repent of the, the lack of faith. Speak to my heart. I will be your champion. <laughs> but he doesn't do that. And you know what I see about Elijah in this story? He was as self-absorbed and stubborn and dense as we are sometimes. Instead, 
Elijah was singing the same song of self-pity. Verse 14, it will sound familiar. He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. As if Elijah is saying, God, did you not hear me the first time? I have to tell you, if I had been God, I think at this point I would have said, Elijah, really? After all that I've done? But we should all be glad that I'm not God, and our God is, because our God is a God of mercy. And he showed Elijah mercy, and he speaks to him. Verse 15. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah to replace you as my prophet." I think in that moment, Elijah finally realized that it wasn't game over. Jezebel may have intimidated him, but she didn't intimidate God. None of what had happened to Elijah caught our God by surprise. Our God had a plan for Elijah all along. And you know what? In the middle of this pandemic, God has a plan for you and for me. And what has happened to our nation and our world did not catch our God by surprise. He's had a plan all along. And when we are finally ready to hear and obey God, he will show us the path out of trouble. If you're struggling today, if you're under duress today, if things have happened to you as a result of the pandemic or just the issues of life, and you're feeling like you're just in a pressure cooker, then I want you to hear that statement again. When we are finally ready to hear and obey God, He will show us the path out of trouble. You may not be able to see a way out of your situation, but your God can. So the question is, will you listen to him? Will you find his path or not? In the Old Testament book of Zechariah, that prophet warned his people of the consequences of being unwilling to listen to God. Here's what he said in Zechariah 7, beginning with verse 11. Your ancestors refused to listen to this message. They stubbornly turned away and put their fingers in their ears to keep from hearing. They made their hearts as hard as stone so they could not hear the instructions or the messages that the Lord of heaven's armies had sent them by his spirit through the earlier prophets. 
That is why the Lord of heaven's armies was so angry with them. Since they refused to listen when I called to them, I would not listen when they called to me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Oh, listen, friend. To stubbornly refuse to listen to God will bring nothing but more trouble. Some of you think, my situation couldn't get any worse. But trust me, it can. If you're not willing to stop and give up any kind of pride and listen to God, things can and will get worse. Oh, but there's good news. I want you to hear the words of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 12. Jesus said, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. Let me just stop right there and say, that's where I want to be. I want to hear the instructions of the Lord Jesus. But he goes on to give a warning. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away. Being willing to listen to God, it it will shape the course of our lives. It will change everything. Wisdom and guidance and direction. Listen, when you become a Christ follower, when you put your faith in Christ, you then begin a journey in which you're listening to and following a Lord who loves you, who will never abandon you, who will work in your life no matter where you've been or what you've done or where you are right now. The Apostle Paul expressed that so beautifully in that wonderful chapter, Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love, Paul asked? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? This is a hypothetical question, and we know Paul is saying the answer to that is an emphatic no. Pick it up with verse 38. The apostle says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Failing health cannot separate us from God's love. 
The loss of a job cannot separate us from God's love. The uncertainty of tomorrow and the economy and all of the issues that are swirling around us in these days, those things cannot separate us from the love of God. It does not mean that life will be easy, but it means we will never be alone. When Elijah's life was threatened, he assumed in a weak moment that God had forgotten about him, that God had abandoned him, that he was all alone. But listen, friends, when trouble comes into our lives, it does not mean that God does not love us. In fact, quite the opposite. It is his love that sustains us through the trouble. So let me just say to you today, no matter what you're going through, because of the pandemic or anything else that's causing struggle and stress in your life, God still loves you. He's still active in your life. He still wants to speak to you. Will you listen? So I leave you with these two next steps. Number one, thank the Lord today that you do not have to go through troubles alone. There are a lot of people that feel alone today, but child of God, you are not alone. He is with you. Secondly, trust God for tomorrow that he is ready to love you and to guide you through troubles Troubles that you cannot even yet see. Our God is faithful. Nothing he allows is without purpose. So don't waste a crisis by not listening to God. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for these wonderful people known as the first family here in Magnolia, and a host of friends who are watching and listening from many different places. Lord, we love them, but we know that you love them far more. And that no matter the difficulties that they are going through during this season of crisis and pandemic, you have not abandoned them. You knew this was coming. And you have a plan to sustain them and bring them out on the other side. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would quell their fears and give them faith, confidence in you for things they cannot yet see. Help them to remember those many times that you were faithful in their past and give them the confident hope that you will be faithful in the days ahead. Provide for them, Lord, whatever their needs might be, emotional, physical, financial, and certainly spiritual. May we be the people of faith that are sustained through the most difficult times because of our confident hope in our Savior in whose name we pray, amen.